something much more sinister is afoot. They now have to keep printing or we crash. We've got this ticking time bomb. Talking gold with the one and only Andrew McGuire. Welcome to Live from the Vault. Welcome to Live from the Vault. My name is Shane Moran and I'll be your host for this episode and from the entire Live from the Vault team worldwide. We want to thank you for your continued support and as you can imagine... This community keeps growing thanks to you, the Live from the Vault community. There's a lot to talk about during these historic times, and fear not, because we have Andrew McGuire in the house, and we'll be talking gold. This is going to be an amazing episode, so fasten your seatbelts. You know, Live from the Vault gives you access to information and updates that you just can't get anywhere else, and this episode will be no exception. And with that, let's head over to the UK and talking gold with Andrew McGuire. Great to see you again, Shane. As always, up in my woolies, got my woolies on now because why? It's winter. You've been swanning around in some of the most tropical places, my friend. But uh, hey, let's get on with, um, as you say, uh, let's get on with the questions. Here we go. Uh, Can we start off with an update on what you're seeing in the market in the last two weeks? Yes, Shane. Always a good place to start. Look, there's little doubt that the recent counterintuitive gold price raid has been part of a Fed-driven anti-Russia PSYOPs operation. What it's doing is attempting to push back against the freshly, uh, the fresh 2023 launched Russian-driven de-dollarizing physical gold weaponization mandate that we've been sort of covering for the last, well, since the beginning of the year. Now, This purely US-centric attempt to counter safe haven Western market flows, because it's not affecting other flows, um, into gold comes really at the anniversary of the Russian incursion into Ukraine. However, the previous attempt back in March 22 to swamp unleveraged safe haven physical gold demand with a wall of highly leveraged paper gold, it backfired. And as we discussed last episode, this divergent condition incentivized the strongest competing central bank physical gold accumulations since Nixon closed the gold window over 50 years ago. And we covered that last time. But by November, because this started in March, by November, this unfactored competing global central bank physical demand was so large that it breached the leveraged, highly discounted, LBMA CMP, CME ring-fenced paper wall. We talked about this little ring-fenced world that they try and contain gold and silver in. But these unfactored physical outflows, they force an unwind of these ill-thought-through naked-shored sell orders. These are paper orders. They're not physical orders. The resulting synthetic meddling really also wrong-footed the Fed agent too big to fail trading banks, which is what we call the cartel who had to scramble to short cover very, very bad bearish bets made into the end of 2022. They were betting against a price rise. Now, this is where the 2023 story really begins. So with the dollar for gold window reopened, Russia openly ramped up the de-dollarization process on the first trading day of 2023. And that launched the much telegraphed, but mainstream media suppressed, golden ruble three currency. And while a gold for oil, energy and commodity trade really has been informally been evident 
with some friendly countries for quite some time, and we talked about a couple of those last time, this was the first formalized step to launch a non-dollar global trade settlement currency, currency being the, the, the key here. By sanctioning the digitization of physical gold placed on the trustless blockchain, Russia has cut out the fiat middleman, opening up physical gold to serve as a medium of exchange, a unit of account, hey, does this ring somewhere, and a store of value. I mean, goodness me, what money is? And of course, what they're doing was using this money to benchmark a new trade, a trade settlement currency. Now look, history books, they're gonna look back. At the, I think we're privileged at this point to be here now. History books are definitely gonna look back at this event where the weaponization of physical gold took a whole new turn, opening up a highly liquid non-dollar mechanism for the BRICS plus nations, that also incorporating the 3.8 billion members of the SCO to be able to benchmark commodities, energy, and oil trade benchmarked in a real physical supply demand gold gram price. Now, while we're witnessing the inception of the adoption of this golden ruble three currency, we're just at the early stages, guys. And obviously this is competing against US dollar hegemony. It naturally raises liquidity questions. So it's important to provide an idea of the potential scale of the adoption and why this will significantly raise the global price of gold, physical gold. Now, tokenizing physical gold as a settlement currency opens up the lion's share, and, and get this guys, these are real numbers, the 7.5 billion, 7,500, I find sometimes I have trouble remembering quite the scale of this, $7,500 billion global oil and gas markets, in addition to the 5,000 billion commodity and energy sectors to ultimately be priced in gold grams. And I'm talking about the lion's share of it here. The only, th the only thing out of whack when pricing commodities in physical gold is the paper diluted price. And as this benchmark gold-backed currency gets adopted by some two-thirds of the unsanctioned globe, purely from a supply-demand perspective, the gold price in dollar terms will have to rise substantially. In other words, its real value will increasingly be benchmarked on real goods, not the rapidly debasing dollars. So, look, this has always been the case throughout 5,000, more than 5,000 years of history, one by one, without exception, Every unbacked fiat currency system inevitably collapses and gold is once more revealed as the only real fungible currency benchmark to exchange for goods. The barter system, whatever you want to call it, but it's, this is the history of it. And even if we look back to the formation of the Fed back in 1913, one ounce of gold bought you 22 barrels of oil. Now, 110 years later, the same ounce of gold buys 24 barrels of oil. In other words, oil pricing gold has been basically flat after more than a century. It's only when trying to benchmark commodities against a fiat currency that currency debasement is actually exposed. And that's what the fight is. That's what the whole reason the COMEX was formed after Nixon closed the gold window. 
it's been blown open, guys. So here we are again. This time, it's the dollar's turn to slide down the slippery slope to oblivion and in a desperate attempt to push back. The Fed still beating the same price makes market mantra. I mean, this is the, the, this is the, the way that they can get people to switch off and say, oh, the price means it's right. Rubbish. They've chosen another slightly different but extremely ill-advised attempt to stem the dollar's fall against gold, which is the rock. Now, this time it's a feeble attempt to truly, I think, or obviously, because there's no back door here, uh, to try and buy some time to attempt to cobble together and impose uh, central bank digital currencies on the remaining one third of this of us, the globe, the, the global Western populations. Look, we'll look at how trying to impose CBDCs are, are destined to fail in an upcoming episode. But let's first look at the short term current footprints. Um, so we have hard evidence that the US centric Fed driven paper market PSYOPs effort backfired, reopening the gold window. So this time the Fed is attempting to incorporate borrowed gold as a new component of its already backfiring Russian sanction packages. Now, however, this ill-thought-through gold uh, tamping event is once again limited, this is key, to how many paper market speculators they can act as counterparty to, or suck in, in other words. Now, our extremely well-connected liquidity providers report that it was the Fed that borrowed the reported 100 tons of gold from the BIS in January, the Bank of International Settlements, which had squared by, by December all their 500 odd uh, tons of 2022 positions. And they did this, I believe, in the belief they can leverage this 100 tons to chart paint gold lower as part of an anti-Russia sanction package. They know gold is a weaponized tool. However, as is becoming increasingly obvious, all sanctions imposed against Russia have blown back against the West, forcing Russia to forge a stronger relationship with the 3.8 billion members of the SCO. What we'll talk about a backfire. Look, leverage, as we know, works in two ways. Now, while the Fed has, has employed this borrowed 100 tons of BIS gold to drive the paper gold price down by really only about 100 bucks, it can only leverage this borrowed gold to the degree they can short cover this borrowed gold into sucked in paper supply from the speculators, in other words. And it's this supply that is reaching extremely oversold technical conditions. And that's why it's a good time to be looking at this now. Now, with, with relatively little traction, when you think about it, we've sold $500 moves. We've, $100 move, basically with 100 tons dumped on the market, is very small traction very little traction. So liquidity providers, providers report that this counterintuitive leverage sell event has now forced paper gold into deeply technical oversold conditions. I'm sure a lot of chartists out there will agree with this, reaching price levels that once again conflict with unleveraged central bank and sovereign physical demand levels. So risking blowing another hole in the CME LBMA ring fence. Now, while the blinkered uh, Comex-centric uh, 
screen dot chasers. In other words, there's nothing real here. It's just a dot on a screen. Forget anything physical. While they're oblivious, this pushback against gold is about to once again backfire against the Fed. Now, given the scale of real Russia, China, Asian physical demand, this effort will backfire quickly as chart painted net stable uh, uh, NSFR, net stable funding ratio compliant gold, Basel III compliant gold is demanded to be delivery, delivered. Remember, after Basel III was implicated, instigated liquidity providers had to have the physical on hand. So with gold weaponized by the Russia-China alliance, it's not escaped the competing central banks and sovereigns that the 100 tons of gold borrowed from the BIS is part of this Fed-instigated anti-gold, anti-Russia operation. But while the leveraged synthetic selling provides the illusion to Western paper-centric traders, that is, that gold is in not in strong central bank demand, it's reliably reported by contacts at a sanctioned bank that the third, that third party buyers acting for Russian and Chinese central banks are actively locking in Basel III NSFR compliant foreign exchange gold at each gained fix. Now, until you demand delivery of that, it doesn't appear anywhere. Also, Russian retail demand is another thing and it's direct feedback out of our Russian uh, contacts. Russian retail demand is through the roof. It's extremely strong. It has never been this strong. So more immediately, looking at the bigger picture, this 100 tons of physical gold liabilities owed to the BIS, this is borrowed gold, it's looking tapped out and will have to be repaid quickly. And while, and with a lot of, uh, really, a lot of people are on the sidelines ahead of FOMC minutes today. By the way, it's, we're recording this on Wednesday ahead of FOMC minutes. It will be released on Friday, but we've got options expiry tomorrow, which obviously, yes, has to play out again. And we have PCE on Friday. So we're going to obviously see some volatility around those events. But we see these current COMEX centric dips as the catalyst for insiders to use any high frequency traded created volatility to short cover and to into already largely capitulated commodities uh, trading advisors, which are the guys that handle uh, a lot of the uh, commodity trades for uh, specula other speculators, etc., and their own books. Um, and and are really, they're going to short cover into, they're mostly capitulated, uh, but they're also covering into sucked in momentum short sellers. All right, now, Andrew, you've drawn attention to how the casino algos correlate to the paper gold price, to the dollar. Now, you just discussed a good example of this. Can you share it with us? Yes, Shane. It's helpful to illustrate just how inversely correlated the unbacked paper-driven, COMEX-driven gold futures are to the dollar index. And as we've illustrated multiple times, this is the primary input for the officially managed directional high-frequency trading trading bots. Now, we're beginning to see this trade run into physical buyers again, but very short term to understand why the paper price of gold has been discounted by these algorithms, we only have to look at the dollar index reclaiming its 2023 losses. Remember, it went down after the launch uh, of 2023. It rose back 
this is important, to its 5th of January highs. And then take a look at how this concurrent gold future sell-off also chart painted a directly related full gap futures close into the 5th of January. Again, exactly the same point. And this time it was 1829.90, which is exactly where the rally point rose from. That's exactly where competing central banks jumped on Sparebank's gold collateralization offer. Now, these inversely correlated purely synthetic gold retracements were achieved utilizing the stronger headline newsprints. We had some newsprints uh, with a coordinated slew of hawkish Fed speakers driving the dollar higher to reclaim its Everyone looks at this technical 50-day moving average. It's an action-reaction point. You get it in gold, you get it in silver, many, many uh, S&Ps everywhere. So basically, it was under its 50. It rose above its 50. And really, uh, that's, that point there was exactly where gold rose from. Now, look, two things become apparent, though, into this paper gaming. Competing central bank buying ha buyers have reappeared in large size at the, the gold futures 5th of January rally point again. It tagged 1820 spot. Now, basically the futures price that most people track is the April delivery price. So that's about 1828 in April futures, but it's the spot price, the 10 times larger spot price, it's 1820 spot. That is the key level here. And it was tagged and guess what happened? And the second thing to note was heavily um, uh, leveraged momentums continuing to chase this dot on a screen are blinkered to the large unleveraged net stable funding requirement uh, compliance spot gold FX foreign exchange gold PM fixes. In other words, where it's fixed at the in, at 3 p.m. Uh, UK time every day, and they're looking in this this uh, looking in this this gold spot gold for delivery into the dips any dips into and below 1820 now as we've assessed given the bearish momentum that's been generated into the rising dollar index ahead of options expiry tomorrow most wholesalers and refiners have understandably been sitting on the sidelines waiting for the naked short momentum sellers to bring the price to them. You can't blame them um, before locking in your prices with your producers. When they return, they're going to do so all at once. And while, you know, while the off-grid central bank physical buying has consistently been evident, and actually uh, traders, if you go back to last Tuesdays, Tuesdays um, uh, 11 round PM fix. So in other words, usually the, the, the PM fix is settled on the bid and ask side before it comes to a price, usually two, three rounds, went to 11, um, where we had reports of large central bank off-grid buying. Now, even though we only see three to five tons actually ever contained inside this ring fence, outside, it's much, much larger. So off-grid, we saw this it kind of fed back into the fix. Now this synthetic gold price discounting has largely been self-fulfilling, but this wall of synthetic supply has once again coiled 
the on-grid currently dormant physical market for a strong rally. All right. Now, as this bullish 2023 scenario plays out, what do you see in the very short term, Andy? Well, Shane, following the recent sell-off, there are multiple low-hanging layers of short stops. What is a short stop? It is simply where somebody's made a bet against the price, betting a price will go lower. And then obviously they protect that position by putting a a margin short stop above that. So in other words, if it goes up, uh, they want to get out of that trade because really once you've naked short sold something, you you don't want the price to rise. So there's multiple low low hanging layers of short stop getting very attractive above the market, which have yet to be short covered. That's fuel for a rally. However, it's the inflection point between the deeply oversold synthetic markets and the requirement for insiders holding the long side of naked short momentum sellers positions, which has currently sidelined the wholesalers who are looking to capitalize on this. So it's this inflection point that everyone's looking at. And the lurking central bank 1820 spot gold fills spooked the insiders exposed to fulfilling physical deliveries, but are invisible to momentum-based sellers. Now, obviously, we're going to have volatility. If it drops below it, you can damn well bet that if there's going to need, it's going to need enough momentum supply to actually swamp these, these bids, which won't go away. This will be like a coiled spring. The nature of this synthetic market is such that everyone wants to get on board at the same time into a price rise and everyone wants to get out into a price decline all at the same time. And this activity completely masks the real physical market supply demand fundamentals, which should be based on purely supply demand. Now, obviously, momentum traders are correct in the middle of a sell-off price rise, but wrong sell-off or or a price rise doesn't really matter. They're right in the middle but they're wrong at both ends, clearly, because they chase momentum. And once all the easily flushable in this in this instance, it's the CTA long stops. They, most of these guys are long in the CTAs are long. Once they've flushed these out, the COMEX market making insiders rely on this group of momentum traders, naked short, to provide them sufficient additional naked sold paper gold supply to short cover into and to take the long side off. So this is the game. Footprints currently evidence the latter stage of this 100% synthetic action. Now, given we've also reached extremely oversold synthetic market conditions, it sets up a trigger point for the commencement of a short stop rinse. It's very close. Now, following conversations with a first tier bank and two of their liquidity providers, Um, Recently, we reported further affirmations that central banks are actively locking in deliverable spot gold at at and below 1820. So there's a huge uh, appetite at that level. Obviously, they're sitting back. If price is going to come to you, why would you chase it? Other than stealthily locking in, averaging it in. Now, that brings up to the options levels in both gold and silver, which are significantly higher than the current closing prices. And although these bearish bets against sold call strikes, in other words, a call and a put, well, obviously, you've gone through this in in other uh, episodes, but basically, if you're selling against what is called a call strike, 
then what it, you've, you're bearishly, you're betting against that the price will not rise above it. And if it does, you're in trouble. So, uh, and really, they're be although bearish bets are, are, are you know, are, are, are actually are populated, these are almost exclusively in the hands of the momentums with market making insiders exposed to the physical market on the long side, taking the other side of that trade. And these freshly accrued bearish momentum bets seek to retain their premiums, but they're very likely to get rinsed into or just after options expiry. Andy, we've had a ton of questions from our community about the strange silver actions. Do you have any insights on what's happening here? Yeah, Shane, let's do that. To best expose what we're currently experiencing into a paper-driven market, where, as we say, everyone wants to get on board at the same time into a price rise, all out into a price decline, it completely masks the real physical market supply demand fundamentals. Hence, we focus on the various actors' footprints in the much more transparent silver market. Now, unlike gold, silver is not NSFR compliant. So in order to track the insider's footprints pitched against the speculators and really to a best assess what to expect, we need to look at the options derivative structures, which provide us a good view into the insider's footprints as the netted out sweet spots which is the point where those lines cross, are usually very accurate and provide a pretty small window uh, into the multi-billion dollar related over-the-counter markets. Now, the March silver contract goes into options expiring rollover delivery tomorrow on the 23rd. And this is the first silver futures delivery contract of 2023. And it's going to be large, hence the outrageous capping uh, directly related to the insider bets against silver closing above $24. Now, these paper bets are all interconnected with the very large visible, we've talked about the office of the controller, these visible OCC bets that directly relate to the large wrong-footed SLV ETF bets and the 10 times larger unreported LBMA over-the-counter trade, which insiders are actively seeking to short cover at the speculator's expense. So this is, this is the, the stage uh, that we're at. Now, the speculators largely consist of two categories. The CTAs who manage money for themselves and clients, usually leveraged futures long, and the predatory momentums who chase price just until it turns wrong at both ends, right in the middle, right? So the degree of silver futures related leverage employed has to be understood as it explains why we're currently experiencing a massive price overshoot of true, true supply-demand fundamentals. And considering that every first-tier bank and liquidity provider without exception is anticipating a silver supply deficit in 2023 into a Fed-driven commodity super cycle, the need to short cover wrong-footed bearish bilaterally settled derivative bets made up to a year ago are underway. Now, clearly the short-term action represents the polar opposite view of the real physical silver market strength. And to see through the smoke and mirrors, it has to be understood that the billions of dollars of wrong-footed OCC, SLV and futures-related OPEX bets, they're all interconnected. Add into the mix that leveraged um, fractionally held back futures positions that are actually able, these are, these are unbacked positions, are able to be exchanged 
with the SLV ETF at face value as if they were physical. And it's these, it is the, these leverage futures bets which momentums are currently short selling. It, look, it can be discerned that these positions are essentially naked short because they're hedged with 100 to 1 leverage over the counter spot positions. There's no NSFR compliance there. So they are. So to complete the circle, these over-the-counter positions directly relate to the reported multi-billion dollar OCC listed positions. And as I reported in Parliament in 2019 and my subsequent meetings with the current Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey, when he was head of the FCA, by design, the OCC report fails to capture over-the-counter forward positions, billions of them, that have a duration of less than 14 days. Yet these bets can be eternally rolled on. Now, the scale of these unreported forward bets are immeasurable and thereby grossly underestimated. However, the resulting paper market disconnect presents a really massive medium-term pricing opportunity for insiders, wholesalers, stackers to take advantage of. This induced massive paper to physical disc disconnect, they are taking it. Uh, they, they literally are taking this disconnect and locking it in. So really, if we want to sum this up, all the footprints point to the fact that the spec CTAs are largely all rinsed out of long stops and those that remain are sticky. So the current action is 100% naked short momentum sellers tricked in by insiders short covering into them. Opportunities. As a result, March Silver has suffered a much more aggressive chart painting attack, which has left wholesalers largely sitting on the sidelines looking for options gaming to offer better prices. However, liquidity providers are assessing this selling should begin to fade into returning Indian spot silver demand who are reported to be locking in spot silver at the fixes to accommodate continued strong physical retail demand. We saw that in on the Monday, Tuesday fixes already. We haven't done the, I haven't looked at the fix today, but certainly we saw that. But given that India consumes 85% of all the global physical silver uh, consumed, all the uh, 2020 global silver production, and despite the 5% import duty increase imposed upon the silver market last week, 2023 India demand alone is expected to be sufficient to, to create a supply deficit on its own. Ultimately, this will reignite global wholesale physical demand. Now, it's clear the short sellers are using any and all thin conditions to take out each day's prior low by a couple of ticks, hunting for stops, but it's not generating any notable further sell ignition, which illustrates there are scant few specs left to rinse and all the selling is naked short momentums based really with insiders again long against them. Stealthily, I'll say. Now, the LBMA CME cartel are wrong footed and given physical settlements are increasingly being squared outside the LBMA CME siloed spot ring fence utilizing diluted spots, uh, silver to benchmark the EFPs and or to force delivery at the back doors of the COMEX. The cartel is now desperate to short cover naked short silver bets, but again, limited to how much CTA and momentum short sellers uh, wrong footing they can generate. 
Almost every trading bank is now positioning for a Fed-triggered commodity supercycle, with expectations of record commodity prices in 2023 across the board. Into this, even Goldman Sachs is talking about this. Into this supercycle, gold and silver are grossly undervalued. As far as commodities are concerned, silver will outperform with expectations of record prices being achieved in 2023. Now, following a scramble by, if you remember, Trafiga, when they blew up, uh, these are the guys that blew up the nickel trade last year. They just scrambled to square up copper warrants. That was three, just over three weeks ago, uh, disclosing that they had 577 million of losses related to an ongoing fraud in the, in the nickel market. Now, this comes on the back of them being bailed out by the LME back in March 2020, allowing market maker JP Morgan and other two big to fail banks to allow Trafiga to, to uh, default on physical delivery. This commodity boom, along with unfactored uh, Russian move to step up the pricing of all commodities, including silver, pricing gold grams, it raises the odds of a dollar priced inflationary silver short squeeze. So really, as a final kind of summary, the, the full gap gold, uh, gold futures closed into the January 5th rally point. It was completed. Uh, what it did was run head on into large reported waiting central bank buyers, the first layer of them, that is, at 1820. Now, momentums will continue to try and keep auto selling gold and silver into every dollar ticks dollar tick higher so each tick of the dollar they'll be selling because that is the algorithm they employ however from what we have just discerned central bank buying have re has has recommenced swapping dollars for gold which will increasingly force insiders to hedge physical exposure now looking at the footprints in the NSFR compliant gold market, we've also evidenced momentum naked short selling in gold too, which has meant refinery offtake as lackluster as clients understandably wait for possibly better prices. Not happening in Russia though. That is the, op the opposite is happening in Russia. Now, short term, this action is somewhat self-fulfilling on this side of the globe. However, it is perfect for off-grid central bank and sovereign demand which liquidity providers continue to get reports of stealthy buying. So as a component of the official US-driven anti-gold PSYOPs operation, a lot of planted Russian gold market disinformation has been permeating the market from time to time. Oh, reporting that Russian central bank is selling gold. Absolute rubbish. What is missed is this relates to the gold digitization process that it's ramping up which I have word will likely be publicly confirmed early next week. Now, anyone thinking that the most sanctioned global central bank has any reason or obligation to publicly disclose, disclose their movements of central bank assets are going to be blindsided. Now, Andrew, there's been a lot of discussion about the failure of the CFTC to provide the COT report, something that we've talked about before we just started recording here today. Can you share with our community uh, about what we were talking about? Yes, Shane. This is the report that regulators are supposed to publish weekly to provide a degree of transparency into what the market makers and speculators are doing against each other, long and short. Um, actually, our subscribers know our opinion about this tool or the, ins uh, you know, th this basically it's a tool of the insiders. Um, 
It's not the issue here, though, because something much more sinister is afoot. And it's, it's not about the CO2 report itself. That's just a part of it. The reason there's been no CO2 report since the 24th of January is because the third party provider of this data was the subject of a ransomware attack by a Russian, uh, by a Russian um, ransomware, uh, a known uh, cyber group. However, there's something much bigger going on here that potentially places the entire bilaterally settled derivative market in the crosshairs. You cannot discount this. While the COT report data is just one tiny component of a major continued disruption, it cannot be ignored that can, the continued unresolved disruption to the multi-trillion dollar clear derivative platform does pose a major systematic systematic risk to the financial sector. Now, our, our contacts at a very well-connected sanctioned bank indicates the ransomware attack on the ION group was just a warning of something much bigger to come. Now, given there are ultimately around two quadrillion of bilaterally settled derivatives floating in cyberspace, me taking a bet and you taking a bet, and it's not really kind of recorded anywhere, but someone has to track it. But, but basically, if I'm Goldman and, uh, and, you're, and you're JP Morgan and I'm a too big to fail bank and somebody attacks that position, that whole daisy chain collapses. So this is why it's important. Um, you know, the, this stuff is, settled, is, is floating in cyberspace. So losing sight of counterparty risk embedded in the, this embedded in the related reportable data, however temporarily, if unable to track real-time risk exposure, then a deliberately orchestrated blind spot potentially opens up an opportunity for a weaponized attack on a fragile daisy chain of too big to fail, high counterparty risk, interconnected financial transactions. This is undoubtedly how future wars are going to be fought. There's no need for physical weapons. And the elephant in the room is the West's reliance on this daisy chain of taxpayer insured banks. Remember Lehman, remember AIG, these were just tiny, tiny. That was that undoubtedly one of the daisy chain. It was rescued. Look, whichever way you dress it, th through NATO, weaponizing of dollar, the US just has just declared war on Russia itself. And war with Russia is ultimately a war with China, both of whom can openly be seen taking steps to de-dollarize, switching to weaponizing very large gold reserves. Against all the odds, watch for some kind of settlement with Russia get tabled at some point. This is a, uh, this ransomware attack may have been a ransomware attack or may not have been, but essentially if it can be done and it can take out the largest, the largest group that tracks and trades derivatives, then you have a black hole and that can be weaponized. So either way though, guys, look, the physically deliverable gold price will rise with all commodities benchmarked in gold against a weakening dollar, which also means that silver along with all commodities will make fresh highs in 2023. So as we always conclude, guys, there's the only one question, how much physical do you actually own? 
All right, thank you, Andrew McGuire, Talking Gold. And remember, to the entire Live from the Vault community, buy physical, buy physical, buy physical. Make sure it's one-to-one. And understand the difference between what Andy affectionately calls the casino paper gold and silver markets and the actual physical gold and silver markets. They're not the same. Don't be fooled. And there you have it. That's all we have for you today on another fascinating episode of Live from the Vault. Please help spread the word about this channel by hitting that like button. Not now, but right now. Share this information with people that you know. And be sure to subscribe. Now, if you click on the bell right there, you'll be notified in real time as each episode goes live. And with that, we'll see you next time right here on Live from the Vault. See you then.